Do you remember the invitation from President Nelson to make time for the Lord in our lives each and every day? Well, what if that means we don't have to do more or be more in order to make that happen? Hi, and welcome to Magnify, an LDS Living Podcast where we cheer, inspire, and embolden each other as women and followers of Jesus Christ. We hope to use our influence to make a difference in the world. I'm your host, Katherine Davis, a mom, a seminary teacher, and a big football fan who loves God. This week, we're doing something kind of fun, and we want to invite you to join us. We're calling it our Make Time Challenge, and here's the thing. We want to try taking the things we are already putting our time, attention, and energy towards and redirect them to invite in divine focus. I took the challenge last week along with today's guest, Maria Eckersley, and we can't wait to share what we learned. But before we do, I want to introduce you to Maria. She is known for sharing mom hacks and gospel-inspired messages that make home and family life simpler. So Maria, I'm so glad you're here today. Thank you. It's good to be here. And I am so excited to ask you a couple more questions. And it has become a tradition on Magnify that we start each interview with some rapid fire questions. So are you ready? I'm so ready for this, (laughs) (laughs) but not really. So no, you are, you are. Okay. You are a self-described mega party planner. That is true. I think that's why we're friends. Oh, are you a mega party planner? I am a mega party planner. Okay. We should do it together. We should. should. (laughs) Let's come up with one. So what is your favorite kind of party to plan? Oh, by far my favorite is our Halloween parties. Have you heard about our Halloween parties? No. Okay. We do this thing. We've done it for like 20 years. It's called the Wanda Witch Adventure Race. It's basically like an amazing race. So it happens all over the city. And like we invite a whole bunch of couples. Although lately I've done girls night only. So now it's all girls that come and we put them on teams and they race around the city and try and find clues. And it's, I mean, it's a crazy amount of work, but it's a blast. Okay. That's so fun. Yeah, it is. It's fantastic. You should come. I will totally come. I'll invite you. Okay. (laughs) Is this where your love of disco balls comes from? No, that comes from my kids primarily. My love of disco balls is mostly about like, I never really want to have to clean before we have a celebration of any kind. So I found if you have disco balls, then all the lights can turn off and no one can see any of the mess anywhere. That's so brilliant. Disco balls go on and then you just have like clean. Half- Everyone assumes everything's clean when it's not. So that's where disco balls came from. Like on those dark days where you're just like, we just need some happy and some fun, but I don't want to have to clean first. That's brilliant. That was my go-to. Is that why you have it in the car? Yeah. Same kind of reason. Like You just never know when you need to have like a little celebration so you know if you're driving your kids to school and you find out they have a spelling test you can just like flip on a disco ball and then you're like you got this and then you pull up to their school and they're like mom you know it's great that's so good you never know when you need it okay next question when i say you're a fun mom i like really mean that <laughs> well that may be because you're not in my house all day every day <laughs> no but you went skydiving with your 20 year old daughter yeah that's a fun mom It was an adventure. It was one of those, like, we'd always wanted to do it. We always said we would do it. And then when we finally got the opportunity, we both looked at each other like, what are we doing here? But it was memorable. My whole brain is all about, like, how can I make really good memories? And that was one. That was one of them. We'll never forget. So what would be the funnest day you could spend with your kids? For me, it's always, like, doing something adventurous. But we don't get a lot of chances to do event like I can't take my kid to Everest I can't do some amazing thing so I have to find ways to like have an adventure like the skydiving it's something you yeah. can do sort of local but creates this 
big adventure in the moment. So I think you want to do something that's like specific to their passions, their interests, their talents, and then just something that they'll never do again, like this out of the box memory maker. You're also kind of the queen of mom hacks and life hacks. (laughs) And how do you come up with these do you just see, yeah. really? <laughs> yeah. Is it really? Or do you like see things like with this creative no. eye? Because you come up with things that I think, how in the world? <laughs> That's true. Did she think of that? But most of that I have to give credit to my son, Jack. So I have my son who's 20. He's autistic. And so all growing up, his brain just works totally different than my brain. And so to be able to teach him or to help him or even communicate with him, I had mm-hmm. to learn how to do everything different. I also had to learn how to do everything simpler. Because he just can't handle a lot of steps and he can't handle. So honestly, I think that's where most of my mom hacks came from, that from being Jack's mom. And then my husband, Jason, used to travel all the time. Like he was a consultant. He would travel Monday to Saturday. And so I was solo most of the time when we had like little, little kids. So the mom hacks were seriously desperation. It was like, I can't. How do I make this simpler? What can I do? Here's a pool noodle. (laughs) Here's what I can do. So that's kind of where they come from. So I'm excited to talk this week about making time for Christ. President Nelson has invited us to make time for the Lord. He said, I plead with you today to counter the lore of the world by making time for the Lord in your life each and every day. So as we are getting into this new year, we thought it would be fun to experiment with this as a Magnify community. Mm -hmm. We've created a five-day challenge and we don't want the word challenge to scare you guys because it's much easier than a challenge, don't you think? Yeah. No, it was just kind of like doable challenge. <laughs> I like that. A doable challenge. We've identified one simple action each day for five days, an action that will remind you of the Savior, and all of them take less than two minutes. That's the beautiful Bonus. part. Love yeah. That. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And like I said, Marie and I took this challenge last week. So we're going to walk you through what it's like and share our experiences with this challenge. How did you do overall? I loved it. Like it was like doable. I felt like I was intentionally making more time. That's good. I like the intentional part of it. I think that's what it felt for me too. Even though I sort of failed at some of them, I felt like even just having the intention of doing it felt hopeful, you know, like I thought I could do it and that was hope filled for me. So yeah. Yeah. It made me more intentional about Mm -hmm. some of the things that I do because my life is really filled with scriptures. Yeah. Same. (laughs) I teach seminary all day, so I don't have a problem sometimes getting into the scriptures, but it's always for somebody else, never for me. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So this made me more intentional about my relationship with the Savior. That thought. Yeah. That's cool. So let's, let's kind of walk through what it looked like. First of all, though, I want to know what does making time for the Lord mean to you? You know, I kind of bristle with that phrase. I know President Nelson said it, so (laughs) I'm not trying to discount President Nelson, but I really don't think we can make time. Like I've decided what you can do is you can sacrifice time. We each have the same amount of time every day and we have a finite amount of time on this planet. And I think you can't make more, but what you can do is you can give it, you can choose to make it sacred. In fact, that's the the root word of sacrifice and sacred are the same. So I like that idea of like, I think what President Nelson was saying is like, sacrifice some of what you have, make it, make it sacred, and then see what the Lord can do with it. You almost like the widow's might kind of feel like she didn't just toss in her coins. She's like, no, this is my sacrifice. It's what I can give. And even if it's small, like what we did all week, they're small, but that makes it sacred, which I think is lovely. And I love that thought. We've talked about this before, that God saw the abundance of her offering not how little it was because there was an abundance, not because he like 
has this glossy view of everything. Right. It's because it was abundant for what she could give. And I just think that's what this kind of discipleship is all about. I love it. So let's kind of walk through day by day. Day one and two were some of the easiest ones for me. <laughs> me too. Right? <laughs> day one is convert the commute. And day two was switch the scroll. So as we talk about day one, a lot of us do a lot of driving every day, whether that's to work or to carpools or whatever that is. We're just in our car a lot. So that can take up a huge chunk of time. And the idea of this challenge was just to make a little more time in our commute, like take some of that time, whether we listen to a hymn on the commute or we listen to a conference talk, mm-hmm. take some time to make, make it sacred, make somehow. it sacred. And for me, I actually had to kind of switch that a little bit because I listen to a lot of hymns and a lot of conference talks mm-hmm. when because I am work in the car. Because you love them. Both. Both. That's good. Yeah. I love both. Like I'll, I'll listen to them on my runs. I'll listen to them on my way Who's to work. Hymns on your runs? conference talks. Oh, I'm like, wow, that would be hard. Hymns. No, (laughs) a conference. I will listen to one conference talk at the beginning of my run. Yeah. And then I have to get a little, I can do that too. Yeah. I don't run, but like I hike. And so I'll listen to a devotional or a conference talk when I go up the mountain. And then when I come back down, I just turn everything off and just listen, like just try and like keep in touch with the spirit about what I just heard. So that's what I did in the car this week. I just tuned everything out and used that time to communicate with heavenly father. And I have found in my life, I don't take a lot of time to be still. Mm. And that's what I tried to use that time for was just to dedicate that time to my Heavenly Father to reflect and to feel. And that has changed a lot for me this week. What did you do? (laughs) Mine didn't go quite as lovely as that because I usually have kids in the car with me. And that's true. It was a little trickier because I'm trying to walk this delicate balance of having more discipleship, but at the same time, not being over the top with my kids because they're teenagers. So I was like, how can I make this doable? So the first day I put on the new soundtrack, the youth soundtrack. Oh yeah. 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 Because I hadn't heard it. So I'm like, okay, I'll just turn that on because I'm I'm taking my kids down to high school and not even kidding. Within 30 seconds, both of my boys take their beats out of their pocket and like... (laughs) Then I just kind of laughed at it in the moment. I'm like, well, I tried. But then I realized like, no matter what I play, my kids do that. (laughs) But I was like, at first I thought, oh, I failed at that one. And then I realized, you know, when you think about the the mothers of the stripling warriors, like, I don't think in the moment when the mothers were teaching their sons that they were probably super attentive and that they, you know, listened to all her lessons. But in the moment when they're in the battlefield, they remember their mother's words. Right. And that's what gives them strength in that moment. So I'm like, I think I should just trust in that, right? If I turned on a devotional or if I turned on music that uplifts, even if they don't feel it in the moment, right. I trust the spirit can bring it back at some point. And they'll be like, actually, my mom does this thing. I think I might try it. You know, that's what I decided to rest on was instead of feeling like, well, they put their headphones in. I just blew that. Instead, it was like, maybe that's just going to like bloom later. You know, like maybe we just yeah. plant the seed that's going to come way later. Don't you think a lot of what we do is just planting seeds? <laughs> yeah, I, I trust that that's what it is. Yeah, I totally trust. Yeah. And that God will make it bloom. I so, so then you can kind of be like, actually, that was a pretty good day. Right? So did it change anything for you? For my commute? Yeah. I think it just, same kind of thing. It made me feel more intentional about it. Where normally I would flip on NPR or I would flip on one of my podcasts or I would, you know, whatever. Yeah. Or talk to them as they're going. But I think it made me more intentional about how I spend that time. We live far from their school. So it's a good 20 minutes every time I pick them up and take them home. And so we have a lot of time. And I found myself thinking like, 
I should use that time more intentionally, even if it's not listening to something. When I shut things off and just made it more like, how could I talk to them about bigger things? How could I bring yeah. up something more meaningful than instead of just like, how was lunch today? And what did you do? So that it shifted into that for me over the course of a couple of days. It shifted from, I'm going to listen to the youth theme songs to, yeah. I'm going to ask better questions. Like, I'm going to ask them more detailed questions about how their day went, what they learn in seminary. And do you care about it? And, you know, what was the hardest part of your day? And my commute shifted, but not the way I thought it would. It's actually pretty cool. But in the way that it sounds like it needed to. Yeah, I think so. I think that's what right? the spirit does, right? It kind of refines, yeah. like I just tried something and then the spirit says, good try, Maria. And then it kind of nudges me this way. And then over the course of a few days of sticking with it, then you get an idea of what you were really supposed to do. I just think that's kind of the process. I love that. Because for me, my most important conversations with my kids has always been in the car. Yeah, because they're like a captive audience, yeah, right? They can't get out. They can't, and I can't get out. So <laughs> yeah. we have to kind of deal with our issues and we have to. Yeah, I think. But to be there. more intentional about that in the car, I just think that's powerful. Like yeah. that's something we're already doing. Yeah. And so let's maximize that time and make it meaningful and sacred, yeah. right? And it doesn't have to be overly, I hate to say this, but overly churchy in order to be sacred. You know, right. we don't have to force that. It happens naturally, I think. Yeah. I think it's important to put the things you want to prioritize right in front of you. Mm-hmm. I know you do that often. Oh yeah. My mom's own. Do you want me to tell you about that? <laughs> yes. I want you to tell me about that. Okay. This I started, I think it's been 15 years since I started this. Here was my dilemma. So I ran into a problem of I've got six kids and every time I would go to pray about my kids, I had to go through the whole list. And I felt like I never really prayed intently about any of them. I would just kind of make a quick little list. So oh, bless Hannah with this and bless Jack with that. And then I realized I just needed to break that up a little bit. So what I did in the house is I created zones. So all the places I would go often would become a zone. So for example, I'm doing dishes in my kitchen all the time. That's where I am. So one of my zones is Hannah. Hannah is the kitchen. So I have a little picture of Hannah. She's my oldest on the windowsill right above the sink. And anytime I'm doing dishes, I glance at it and it reminds me, okay, pray about Hannah. And I don't pray about Jack and I don't pray about Emily and I don't pray about my calling. In those moments, I just think about Hannah. And it's not always like a, you know, really super reverent prayer. It's more like I'm just intentional. I'm thinking about her. I'm thinking, Heavenly Father, there are things I need to do better. How could I help her? How could I lift her? And I'm telling you, Catherine, I've had some of the coolest spiritual experiences doing dishes and vacuuming because they're my mom's zones. And that's where I'm thinking. And I'm basically like opening this window saying, pour in some guidance. Like I'm, I'm here. Help me. I've got to still get my stuff done. I need, I need to do the dishes. Yeah. But help me with this one kid. Oh my gosh. It's been a powerful tool and I've used it for 15 years and it's really? been awesome. Yeah. And I don't do it every single day. I'm not perfect at it. Right. But I think he knows if I need to know something about Hannah to come find me at the kitchen sink, because that's where I'm going to be thinking about her and worried about her. And if he wants me to know something about Jack, he'll do it when I have a broom in my hand because his is right next to where I keep my broom. So every time I grab a broom, I think about Jack. I'm like, okay, what do I need for Jack? And I've just got little zones. I've got a picture of Jason and I in my car. Yeah, the car's my marriage one. So I think about my marriage. I think about how are things going? Are there things I could do better with Jason? Or are there things I could talk to him about? And I'm telling you, just focusing on that one thing opens up revelation for me. And you're not adding more to your day. No, not at all. Or adding more time. That's what I love about like convert the commute, right? And if you want your car to be a place where you can think about Heavenly Father or a child or a marriage, that's a powerful time to be able to convert the commute. 
Yeah, one of my favorite talks, it was a BYU devotional from Kevin Worthen. I love his talk. He's the BYU president. And he said, we should always try and stand in holy places. And if you can't do that, then make the places in which you stand holy. And I just feel like that's what you have to do as a parent or even just as a woman. I don't know what your day looks like, whether you have right, kids or you not. Are. Yeah, you can make your workplace a holy place. You can make the gym a holy place because of what you choose to listen to and how you interact with people. And so that's how I've decided to just embrace it. Like, uh, I can't stand in holy places all the time, but I can make as many places in my day as possible. Holy, holy. Somehow. That's so good. Okay, so day two was kind of similar in the sense that we wanted to be intentional about our everyday actions. Mm -hmm. We all spend a lot of time scrolling on our phones, social media, online shopping, grocery shopping, texting, whatever that is, right? right? So this challenge was really simple. We wanted to make a conscious effort to take a minute while scrolling to switch over to the Gospel Library app to read through some scriptures or other spiritual messages before we started our scroll. Right. Were you able to do that? <laughs> well... Hit and miss. I wasn't right. I wasn't great at this every day because I didn't realize how often I pick up my phone, you know, because I had this intention of doing that. And my goal was I thought I'm just going to open the gospel library up. You know how they have like a featured thing at the very top? Yeah. It's like a conference yeah. talk or a Book of Mormon video or something. And there's like five of them. So I would swipe through and I'd be like, I'll just see what the next one is. And I couldn't always read the whole conference talk, but I would like read a paragraph or something like that. But I didn't realize like I ran out of those five things. By 10 o'clock in the morning. Really fast, right? <laughs> yes, because I'm picking up my phone all, the, all time. the time. So that was another one that I had to adjust that goal for me. Like I, it didn't fit in the every time I pick up my phone, I, I can look at the Gospel Library app. So, so instead I just adjusted. So here's, I kind of cheated. Kathy. No, there's no such thing as cheating. <laughs> so here's what I did. I decided I would associate power with power. So anytime I went to plug in my phone, like in my car or plug in my phone at home, anytime I was connecting to power, I decided I needed some spiritual power. So that's when I would go to the gospel library and I'm like, okay, power, I can do power. Cause you know, that's what president Nelson has been talking about. It's like right. covenants give you power. So I'm like, that's what I can do. So now I'm not kidding. Every time I set my phone on that little magnetic charger, I'm like, all right, I'll just say a quick prayer or I'll go to the gospel library and I'll see a thing. I have all to the give you power. Yeah. I have all those notifications set up. Do you have those on the gospel library app? So you get yeah. a whole bunch from throughout your day. So yeah. I'm like, I'll just read whatever notification is last. Gives me a little boost of power while my phone is charging and I feel better about myself. And I'm like, I got it. That's good. <laughs> so it had to shift. How about you? How'd yours go? Mine, <laughs> I'm not on my phone a ton because oh, in class all day. I'm in class all yeah, day. True. But when I'm not in class and at home, sometimes I will quickly scroll or whatever. And I just noticed that as I would switch to the gospel library app, like I said before, this is where I felt like it was for me. Yeah. Like I could read something that was for me, not to necessarily teach. Yeah. That's cool. Right? Like, like to fill it, you up a little bit. To fill me up. And and I switched over and I was surprised at how much of the scriptures I have been able to get through. Oh, that's Do you awesome. know what I mean? Like how much I read more than... More than the assigned, like what you're teaching in yeah. seminary? Yeah. Cool. And cross-reference and cool. read a talk. You know what I mean? I just found I was spending more time for my relationship. Yeah. rather than a child's or anybody else's. And I felt like Heavenly Father was able to fill me up more. Yeah. Does that make sense? Oh, totally makes sense. I think that's what I love about the Spirit is I feel like when you are, when you make that sacrifice of your time, even those little scroll minutes, yeah. I feel like what he says is, I can either make the time you're giving bigger, you know, I can actually make that more, or I can take the hole that you carved out because you have to carve out time from something else in order to, Go to the gospel library. Yeah. It's like, I can fill that hole in a whole different way. 
Whereas before I thought I might need to go to my phone for comfort or sometimes even for numbing. Like sometimes I just want to check out or, you know, I feel like when you shift your mindset to be like, I need this to be some kind of discipleship time. He finds a way to fill that gap because I don't find myself anxious to get back to Instagram or to whatever it was there. Like you don't feel the void anymore. I don't know how to explain that. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I totally get that. Like there is something about he's able to kind of fill in what you thought you needed with something better. So I love that piece of it. I do. I love that. And just that little effort of switching the scroll. Yeah. Whether that's when you plug in your phone or when you pick up your phone. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's just one time in the day of 500 times you pick up your phone. Like, I think he's still that. It's a sacrifice. I think you have to own that. Like, I'm trying, Heavenly Father. I'm trying. And he'll say, great job. You know, like, I think that's his nature. Right. And I'm going to bless you with abundance (laughs) because you're trying. Because you're trying. And because he loves you like crazy. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So day three. Okay. This was first things first. Okay. Sometimes this very simple principle is one we forget. And that's to start off our days with a prayer. Yeah. Right. I really like this day because it's putting God very first before anything else we have to tackle the day. And sometimes that can be a little harder for me because... I get up early (laughs) and I think, oh, I've got to hurry and exercise and then get to work. And then, right, I get up early. And so I miss sometimes the kneeling. And I'm always trying to beat the clock. I don't know if you feel like that, but I'm always like, I've got this tiny window of time to get ready and to hurry. And like we have scripture study early in the morning. And so my job is to like get up and get everybody else up. Of course. So I'm the same. Like I often... To do this challenge, I had to kneel in my bathroom because I had missed it in the morning. And I'm like, it's still morning and it doesn't matter. Just kneel down and pray. So literally in my bathroom, in the bathroom, I kneel down on the rug and I said my morning prayer. I'm like, you know, I didn't do it perfect, but I got it in. So I think that's the goal. (laughs) I think that is the goal. (laughs) Did you experience anything with that? Was it just the, like the mind switch of, hey, I have invited him into my day? I think I'm the one that sets up these pretend impressions about what prayer is supposed to look like. You know, I'm the one that thinks, oh, if I was a really good mom or a really good wife or a really good disciple, I would kneel at my bed as soon as I got out of bed and I would have this heartfelt prayer. I'm the one that creates all those perceptions. His only example in the New Testament and in the Old Testament is a short, simple prayer that pleads for help and is grateful for all the blessing. They're short. And so I'm like, why do I make myself think that in order to be better, I have to make it more so yeah. it was short. I've seen some cool things. Like we have family prayer pretty consistently, probably more consistently than I do morning personal prayer because we have a scripture study. Right. But one of the things I've loved is we have this thing where if you're going to, if you're called on to say the prayer, we ask the person who's going to say the prayer has to say, does anybody need anything? You know, kind of the same way, like if you were going to get a priesthood blessing, you might, right. the priesthood holder might say, do you need anything specific? Is there okay. something you're worried about? Yeah. And that happens with our family prayers. So like just this morning. Violet, we're at scripture study and she's like, she got called on to say the prayer and she says, okay, does anybody need anything? And so then I could say things like, I'm going to be on a podcast today. <laughs> and so little Violet, who's nine, you know, says a prayer and like, please bless mom on her podcast and please bless daddy has energy. And what's great about that is that kind of intentional prayer. Then she like asks later in the day, how'd your podcast go? And if I say it went great, then she'll be like, I know because <laughs> I prayed for that. You know, it's just a, I, anyway, those kind of little add-ons to our prayer, whether right. it's personal or family, have made a big difference. For you and yeah, your family. and our family. You just feel a little more connected that way, I think. And actually, we said a prayer before we started recording this podcast, and something you said in the prayer, I thought, I'm going to pray for every morning. 
What are you going to pray for? That you said that the spirit would be, the heaping (laughs) spirit would be with us. And I thought, I want a heaping load of the spirit. Yeah. You know what I picture every time I ask for any kind of blessing? Yeah. I picture the boat full of fish. I'm like, he is not someone who gives a couple fish. He likes to give a boatload. Like if you are willing to make a sacrifice and sometimes the sacrifices are big. We're talking about little ones this week, but yeah, sometimes they're a lot. And I really think there's a reason the windows of heaven are like bulging because they have these heaping blessings. And so when I ask for blessings and prayers, I ask for abundance. Like I want a heaping dose. Well, don't you think that's kind of what this challenge is? They can be little. They don't have to be huge. Sometimes they are. But it's those little things where we can see the heaping blessings. Yeah. It's the loaves and the fishes, right? So like if I give my scroll and that's basically the two fish and a couple of bread loaves, he can feed 5,000 people with that. And I think any female disciple of Christ knows that where your time is so limited and you're so strapped and you say, I can give this much. And he's like, great, I can work with that. And then you see this little amount that you give turn into so much more than you could have ever made it. He wants you to see miracles. And that's what those are. And I think we can see those miracles when we do that day three challenge. Yeah. When we pray and ask for them, it doesn't have to be long. Right. But I think it helps us see those miracles and those blessings come. Yeah. Just because I think you're aware, you know, like that's what this challenge did for me is it kind of made me conscious of it. People who experience miracles are people who have eyes to see them. So I feel like if you're looking for it already, you're going to see it. I see it. Yeah. Okay. So day four. Okay. This one was phone a friend. And I actually thought of phoning you many times. <laughs> we should have. I should have. Uh, I love talking with people. I am a people person. I love to talk. I love to hear their stories. I, I just love it. It kind of fills me a little bit. So this fourth day for this challenge was to phone a friend and share even just a little slice of a testimony. Or something you had learned or something you had felt. How did this one go for you? I, I should say, full disclosure, I'm terrible at phones. I so just, can you text? I can text. And okay, well, I ended up going out to dinner. This is what we did instead. Okay. So I'm like, I, what I really think we're seeking is personal connection. Like right. find a way to bridge that gap. But I hate phone conversations. I just don't like talking on the phone for some reason. It's My brain is always thinking of like the hundred things I need to get done instead. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, what I need to do is force myself to actually have a connection. So I went out to dinner. Jason and I went to dinner with my parents this week and we talked gospel. I mean, we had delightful everything conversation, but yeah. we fit that in. I don't know. I found myself so grateful that I have people I can go out to dinner with and I can have that kind of conversation. I don't know if you felt that way with your phone calls where I was like, yeah. how great is it that the Lord has blessed us with so many people that want to hear that piece of our life, you know, that want to hear what I'm doing with my calling. They want to know why I'm doing what I'm doing and we'll like celebrate it with you. That's what I came away with. What about you? Well, I went into a friend's office at work to just kind of share something that I had felt and experienced. And what I came away with was so much more than I even had to offer because he added to it. Right. And he shared something in return that was exactly what like my heart needed. And that's what I found is if I can share a little bit, I always get more in return. But somehow we forget that. Why do I forget that so much? I don't know. I totally agree. I feel like... And sometimes we think people don't need it, yeah. right? We look at somebody and they're like, oh, they're so, they're so busy busy or they're so strong. And I'm sure they're really close to in prayer and everything. And we don't think they need it. And yeah, man, I needed it that day. Oh, that's awesome. Right? Yeah. It was perfect. Okay. Day five. One of my favorite days. 
I feel like I crushed day five. Can I? Do Did that? you really? Well, I didn't, not, not with journal entries, but I'm like, I can celebrate joy. That is easy to me. That was like, yes, I can look back at my day. Okay. So this was claim the joy. Yeah. This is the last day of the challenge. And we're asking us and everybody to reflect on what you might have seen this week as you strive to make more time for the Lord. So kind of reflect on some of the experiences that we've had Mm -hmm. and some of the joy that we've experienced and to claim it, right? It's true what President Nelson has said. As you make the continual strengthening of your testimony of Jesus Christ your highest priority, watch for miracles to happen in your life. And I think it's on that claiming that we can see the miracles, Yeah. right? And then joy just flows out of that. Yeah. Because you think you feel seen, right? I feel like Heavenly Father makes you feel seen and heard and known. Because I was making notes in Evernote throughout the week as we were doing these. Because uh-huh. that's just what I used to take notes on my right. phone. It was funny. I By the time I got to the end, I'm like, oh, you could see all the times revelation had happened. Sometimes I doubt my own ability to receive revelation. I guess everybody does. I think everybody does. Yeah. Which is important to recognize because I think everybody thinks nobody else doubts it. Right? <laughs> right? Everybody's they're like, oh, so they're solid. so solid. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I get in my head too much. And I think, oh, well, I'm not having the kind of experiences other people are. But I realized that list I was making of all these little shifts, like little things I had seen that it happened in the car, little things that had happened at dinner, that those were all revelation. Those were all times when the Lord was trying to help me know, hey, Maria, I love you. I see you. I want to help you. I'm sending all these chariots, you know, like the Elisha story where there's all these chariots that he couldn't see or the servant right. couldn't see. I felt like that's what that list became. It was like, look at all these things I've done to try and connect with you this week. And I only saw them because we were focused on them. I'm like, that that means probably every week I could have seen that and more if I was really focused. If I was looking for them. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I think it's right here. I have. Did you keep a journal? I did. I'm, so and I'm not a good journal keeper. Good job. It is. I am so bad at it. But I did with this. I kept like little notes oh, of yeah. things. This was just this week. Pages of where I saw God in my everyday. Yeah. Where I saw his hand. I think for me, it made me feel like he was aware of me more than I had thought before. And that he was aware of my struggles and my family and those that I love where I saw his hand in their life as well. Mm -hmm. And just being able to document it. And sometimes I had to sit and think back. And then once I saw one thing, I was able to see more. Yeah. Almost like when one domino falls, then you get to see the next one right before it falls. (laughs) Yes. And then the next day I I thought there it is again. There's an answer. There's his hand. And I think that was the power of it for me is because it's easy to go through our busy days and our schedules and think we're not connecting Mm -hmm. with Heavenly Father. Well, and even for me with these kind of challenge type, because I feel like this sometimes with Light the World and other things. It's really easy for me to look back on my week and be like, I failed at that. And I failed at that. Yep. And if, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I could have seen every one of these that. days. Our brains are really good <laughs> at so looking hard, at the... Hardwired. Yeah. Yeah. We just tend to want to see our lack compared to somebody else's beautiful perfection. I think this last one was important for me because it was like claim the joy, meaning don't even pay attention to where you drop the ball. Look at whatever you accomplished and claim the joy. I almost pictured it like... You know when they were like stake a claim and you like put your flag in the hill or whatever? Yes. I'm like, that's what I'm doing. I'm like it, my little hill is small. This this joy is small compared to maybe what it could have been had I been perfect. But, but like there's joy there. And person also says if you focus on the right things, you can feel it. Like you can feel joy despite all of your weaknesses and your failings and 
If you stop thinking about the circumstances and what got in the way, you just focus on the savior and you can feel joy. That list became that for me. It was like staking a claim on joy. I love <laughs> so that. I liked it. Even when he said, like, you can feel joy despite having a bad day or a bad month or a bad year. Yeah. You can yeah. stake a claim on that joy. I was just teaching, I, I teach like YSA Institute. I was just teaching my YSAs last night. We were talking about the atonement of Jesus Christ. And this, you know how President Nelson said in that same talk, he's like, the joy that was set before the Savior, it, him yeah. focusing on us and what he could offer us allowed him to make it through. And I think that's his example to us. He's like, if the Savior is able to endure the hardest thing that anyone has ever endured on this planet in all time by focusing on joy, by focusing on what he can give to others, then that strategy has to work for us too, right? It's the same principle. And I think it did. I think as, as I thought back on my week, I was like, actually, no, this was a good week. It was a good week. I felt, I felt stronger, more empowered. I like that word, empowered. I felt lifted. Oh, good. You know? And I think this challenge, this simple five-day challenge, is such a cool challenge because it's very approachable and sustainable. President Nelson also said he will lead and guide you in your personal life if you will make time for him in your life each and every day. And so making time, intentional time for the Savior through this challenge wasn't adding something to my plate. They were things I was mostly already doing, or they'd just take less than two minutes a day. Right. Or for me, they had to kind of get crafted a little bit. You know what I mean? Like I started with, if I had kept the idea of like, oh, I've got to listen to a devotional every day in my commute with my boys. I don't think it would have been successful for me. So I had to be willing to listen to the spirit to be like, okay, this challenge started here. Now, where does the spirit want me to go next? It was a lot of morphing. Right. (laughs) And for me, it was turning it off. Yeah. See, that's great. Because I don't have a lot of stillness. Yeah. And you need it. I need it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Need it. Something that you said earlier, you called it approachable discipleship. Yeah. That's my go-to. For, like, what do you mean when, by that? When I heard this challenge, when you guys were describing it to me, I'm like, that's what it sounds like to me. It sounds, and honestly, there probably is no other kind of discipleship. I think everything the Savior asked us to do is approachable. It's all doable. Because you have a whole lifetime to, to work this out, right? Right. And he just wants you to kind of get closer. I think he wants you to continually be seeking to put off the natural man and come a little bit closer. And so it's all supposed to be approachable. But I like this idea of like, how can I sacrifice this little amount and then rejoice in the abundance that comes from it? I give up two minutes of my commute to listen to something. And then I get this abundance of a better conversation with my son and he feels more connected to me. That's so much more than I deserve, given what I put in. It's it's his character to, to give like that, I think. I believe that. I believe that little changes and little efforts can bring an abundance of blessings. Yeah. And that's what I think happened for me this week. What was your best day? Do you feel like, like, was there one that you thought of all the five days of the one I would keep the longest, like I would keep going in there one that you loved most? Of one of those challenges. Yeah. Is there one that you're like, oh, I'm doing this always. You know, for me, it was convert the commute. Mm, Honestly, that to me, that one felt good. good. Mine was the morning prayer one. I'm like, this needs to be a better part of my day. I've, I've missed it too much, but I could tell there was a difference. So that's cool. Really? You could tell what was the difference? I just felt like I had started off the day. It wasn't even so much that I had some kind of revelatory experience, but I felt like I had opened up a gateway of like, Heavenly Father, I do want to hear from you today. Whereas most of the days I'm kind of just, I just rush right into my work and I rush right into the family stuff. And I don't really make time to say like, Hey, I would love to hear from you. And I just think that's what that morning prayer is. It's a way to say, I would love to hear from you today. I'd love to see you today. Almost the same way, like if you could think of a sweet text to send your mom or something, it would be that, right? Like, I mean, 
that's what you wish you could send, right? I would love to see you today. I don't mean to, I mean to make you cry, but you know, like that, nothing fancy, nothing elaborate, just like a sweet, I would love to see you. And I feel like that's what Heavenly Father, it's those simple, sweet statements that say, I want to see you today. I should do it better because it was so good. It was so good. Yeah. Maria, we end every episode with a small and simple invitation, something that you can implement throughout the week. And we hope you will join us this week in the Make the Time Challenge. You can join and get all the info at magnifythegood.com forward slash make time or just by clicking the link in our episode notes below. And make sure you join us over on Instagram for conversation, giveaways, and so much more all week long. We want to see what you do with the challenge this week. I love how we both had different experiences and morphed it into what works for us and our life. So I really want to hear what others have experienced. Wouldn't it be fold? I'm actually really excited to follow that on Magnify and see what people come up with. I can't wait to hear like what their experiences are. Right. And maybe there's not maybe. I'm sure there's lessons for me. Yeah, there must be. And takeaways from what other people are experiencing. So share and tag at Magnify Community and let's all do this together. Sounds fun, huh? (laughs) Sounds good. I'm excited to even hear from you through the week. I want to continue. We'll we'll tag each other. We'll we'll get this going. We can motivate each other. It was so fun to have you here, Maria. Thank you, Catherine. It was great. You're such an example to me. I hope you know how much I love you. It goes right back at you. And to find more of Maria and her tips, go check out her Instagram at mechmomlife. And don't forget to join us over on Instagram at Magnify Community. And of course, subscribe and listen to the Magnify Podcast wherever you get your shows. Let's meet up again next week.